0: of the week, I think about what it must have been like in the THQ Nordic meeting when somebody pitched the remastered edition <laughs> name <laughs> of Red
1: Faction, uh, uh, Yeah, uh, Red Faction Guerrilla. I,
2: I assume it went something like the meeting where they pitched the... Darksiders Two Definitive Edition,
0: <laughs> or the uh, Evolved. Do you pe- think it's like a freelance <laughs> oh, PC ahead. Monster Race? PC
1: Monster Race Edition. Yeah. Yeah. Because you Do know. Do you think
0: there's like some industry marketing? There's some industry marketing like outlaw for hire that does these things? Like, <laughs> oh, we need to bring in the Don Quick name or something. <laughs> who just comes in? Oh, Destiny. Destiny. T- I can't. Well, why did I think that I could come up with a name on the fly? First of all, I was about to try as if I could come up with something that quick. It's actually funny
1: you bring this up because literally last night, a couple of us were watching a video and kind of like reading through articles about the worst game names of all time. And yeah. it, there's a lot of stuff on there that you would expect, like the Kingdom Hearts games and shit like that. But yeah. there were some others that I'm trying to remember.
2: Also, do you, um... Infinite Undiscovery? Yeah. Is it just because Undiscovery uh, yeah. is not a
1: word at all? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at all. Like, uh, what was the. Um, Divine Divinity. D- Divine Divinity, which I did not realize that's where Divinity Original Sin yep. came from.
0: Uh, good thing they pivoted away from that shit.
1: <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Revengeance. Metal oh, oh, Gear yeah, Rising. Rise, uh, sorry, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. But you at least pointed out that those are, like, memorably bad as opposed to, like, games you cannot pronounce, because I think one of the first oh, yeah. ones on. Also, the Revengeance
0: list... is just perfect for that. <laughs> for that whole yeah, for that tone of game,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Is. But one of the ones on there that we saw was VVVVVV? I think it's six Vs.
2: It's six Vs, It's six Vs.
1: And Austin, you were saying, you're like, that is actually kind of the worst because A, you can't easily pronounce it out loud to friends, but B, you can't even Google it that Mm -hmm. easily. It's kind of like that band that's just three exclamation points. Uh, Chick, 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 chick. chick. yeah. Yep. (laughs) But it at least does make you appreciate kind of the
0: good names for games, which it makes Remastered Edition look like fucking (laughs) the best name you ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man
1: everyone pitch a game name right now
0: <laughs> I, I tried to to make a bit and uh, I was like man, you this is going to be it. harder than <laughs> I think I'm just stopping myself ahead of time uh, but I was just scrolling through Steam uninstalling every game because nothing makes me happy anymore and I came across uh, that remarched edition I was like I'll leave this on here
1: <laughs> just because the name made you giggle because then it's a really good game
0: yeah. <laughs> oh no I've like I think I'm like five hours in I bought it like months and months ago and I just like periodically play it for 20 minutes here and there <laughs> yeah, it's fun uh, to destroy oh stuff. i have
2: i have one hyper dimension neptunia mm, all
0: right all right no wait that's that's already
2: a game. <laughs> uh, sorry <laughs> let me do another one uh senran kagora <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you google <laughs> yeah nothing randy yeah, I, can attest i, I, I can. don't have my phone on <laughs> i just know a lot of stu- Artanelico koga
1: that was the one I couldn't, yeah, remember from. Was that a Japanese game? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I'm glad it was. Sorry, it was, the full it, title is um...
2: Artanelico Koga, The Nell of RCL. Man, that's <laughs> loaded. <laughs>
0: Well, I, we speaking fucking what is, it, <laughs> yeah.
1: what is it, friend of the podcast and your roommate Matt? We were talking about the redundancy of a lot of Star Wars games. We were having a conversation about the the Dark Forces games, mm-hmm. and those are very hard to follow. And kind of like the same way the Predator movies are. Star Wars: are.
2: Dark Forces, Four Jedi Knight, Two Jedi Academy. <laughs>
1: uh, no, Jedi Outcast was Jedi two. Outcast. Jedi Three was Jedi Academy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even their other series, the Rogue Squadron one, is like Rogue Squadron Two, Rogue Leader, and it's like you don't need Rogue in there twice. Just call it Rogue Squadron Two. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah. I guess you see maybe a little less of that now. A lot of game titles now are punchier. Like, you want one-word stuff. Like it's Maybe you ha- Halo was you just
0: like... just do a- a, like Gears. <laughs> oh, no, not Gears? like Gears. 5, yeah. <laughs>
2: you just do what Cook, Jesus. Serve, Delicious does. That's a great name. It's just exclamation points. It's cook, exclamation point, serve, exclamation point, delicious, delicious. exclamation point. And then every time you do a sequel, you just add more exclamation points. <laughs> to the point where the, like, Cook, Serve, Delicious 3 doesn't fit in the Steam thing. Because <laughs> there's so many goddamn explanation points, it's great. I think
1: I said, it, I think I've said it on here before that my favorite game titles are either Resident Evil, even though it's dumb, I just like it, and it's fun to say Hotline Miami. Because. That's, That's a fucking and yeah, title. Yeah, just a good name. But I think the Grand Theft Auto might actually be the best. I mean, Half-Life because it, is really good. Half-Life is really great, but I more mean...
2: As is Halo.
1: Halo is great, but I more mean Grand Theft Auto says what the game is. And it's fun I'm to say. I say Halo
0: does, too. <laughs>
1: and you can abbreviate it. Yeah, but it's... I guess, but it's like Grand Theft Auto, even a parent would just be like, you probably steal cars in this game, and guess what? You do. There's
2: obviously that way more to ta- it than that. That but... game taught me what that crime was. <laughs> and now... <laughs> I now yeah. you can't yeah, probably even, me too now yeah. you
1: can't even hear Grand Theft Auto used in anything else any movie or whatever without a like like oh, they no, own they sure. own that crime
2: now. I'm a huge sucker for one word names yeah 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 like, Dest- like, like
0: Halo is just cla- what about Destiny classy.
2: what about Black Black is great <laughs> Pre- what about MAG? That's an abbreviation. Pray is a phenomenal name. Well, yeah,
1: they like the name so much. They
2: leave- used it twice. They, yeah, they used it twice they for two entirely so different much. games. It was so nice they used it twice. What's that oh, saying? What about uh, Evolve? Sorry, sir. MAG that is an twice, acronym. Like... We've been over this. Yeah. <laughs> Stands for massive action game, and you want to talk about describing the game in the title. Good
1: point. That is a massive fair, action fair game. Well, not anymore. They then emphasis do on the massive and de-emphasis big, on the
0: game part. Big ring, shooty green guy. As that's what Halo would have been, but they changed it at the last minute. Yeah, they, it's not uh, called
1: Halo: Austin. It's called Halo Combat Evolved. Come on, you host a like, whole episode deceit?
2: about great name. That is a the good name. The Cycle is a good name. Yeah. The only problem... Evolve is a good name if it was a good, good game. game.
1: The, the only problem with simple names sometimes is it, it makes it harder to, A, expand on because everybody hates putting numbers on things anymore, and B, there's probably harder to patent, like,
2: if I had to guess. Maybe. Yeah, and Blizzard's good at it. Yeah, I guess so. All theirs are Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo. Yeah, Overwatch, Diablo. Diablo. They just named
0: a game WoW. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Well, I got very confused when recently I was watching the quick look of the new X Play, and they kept—or no, it was Gears Tactics, and they kept talking about the term Overwatch, XCOM. Uh, what did I say?
2: X Play. It's a show that's no
1: longer <laughs> I'm on the air. <laughs>
0: but like, they... I was also like, wait, they're remaking <laughs> X Play on what channel? Sorry, <laughs> but I just let you go because I figured you do something I didn't.
1: <laughs> but they were using the term Overwatch. Yeah, it's from XCOM. I
0: know, but like, it's... yeah, it's when you hold your position. So if the enemy moves in your sight during your turn you get to shoot at them but it
1: suddenly made that game name feel way less original amazing game but
0: nah eh. it's fine what overwatch is less original now yeah no
1: the name it was like
0: you know (laughs) i was gonna say it's kind of defined by original characters (laughs) (laughs) you know ninja guy and cowboy uh, girl with robot (laughs) (laughs) originality yeah (laughs) All right, let's get into it.
1: Yeah. All right, guys. I'm Randall Beatrice here with Austin Blakesley and Chris Mm. Eh. (laughs) Anitano. Those are the (laughs) wonderful voices that you're listening to so far.
2: I don't have to talk. You're just going to hear me grunt the whole episode. (laughs) it's fine.
1: And welcome to our third hot button microtransactions episode number three. This series, of course, being dedicated to a collection of smaller topics hosted by all three of us as we each take turns around the virtual table. So, without further ado. Chris, I believe you are first up. If we are keeping with tradition today, order has been I don't pretty believe great, that great I was for total. Sh- I'm going.
2: No, I'm you going
0: straight out of memory.
2: Uh,
1: no, you were. I've, you were I'm,
2: absolutely were first. Yeah, <laughs> <a>
1: times. <laughs> Which what I'm saying is great because
2: because it, it starts out kind of strong and then drags in the middle. If you know what I'm saying. Uh, fuck and you. then At the I end, did. it picks yeah, way yeah, up. Right. I don't res- remember who was in I'm, what position, but I'm that's responsible how I remember it. for the
1: silly part of the total whiplash that this fucking
2: yeah, and I'm responsible for the boring science part. Not anymore. Now we're getting into Twitch drama. That's a little foreshadowing.
1: But yeah, why uh, ruin a good thing, right? So uh, let's
0: get started. Well, I want to start this episode with a message. In these uncertain and unprecedented times, we just oh, want to let like you, you know to use that, that, uh, oh, yeah, you that Hot Button yeah. Corporation is here for you, okay? <laughs> And we're here to remind you that we're all in this together, okay? So sign up for our newsletter. And by all of us, of course, I mean all the corporations. (laughs) And by uh, this, of course, I mean using our fascist propaganda machine that demands you work unwaveringly and consume beyond your means and willingly sacrifice your bones and blood to grease the gears of the black engine of capitalism. (laughs) So thank you and keep doing your part by washing your hands and Hot Button will be here for you. And buying stuff. Don't forget that.
2: Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> well, you gotta buy soap to wash your hands It's
1: true so. And while you're there you might as well get like Doritos and stuff Yeah right yeah.
2: <laughs> well, What else are you gonna wash off your hands it's tr- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry you can go now
0: I, I believe you suck your fingers off With Doritos
2: <laughs> Yeah suck your fingers off is the right way To say that phrase Thank you for that
1: so, are you talking about weed and shit, or is that just me?
0: No, 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 okay.
2: no. Right. Last time
0: I did that really hard-to-listen-to topic, you know, nothing's really fun or easy about listening to how everybody's explored in Africa for all of recorded history. Uh, oh, right, the one you did
1: about war. <laughs> no, that was a fun rob. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I thought this time I would go in the complete opposite direction. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I found a really great story, and I sent it to you guys in our Discord, and I was like, I really want to do something with this, yes. or at least talk about it with people. <laughs> yeah. and and I figured microtransactions would be that sort of perfect – Yeah, fuck yeah. This, uh, this is the place. I that. <laughs> So, wholesomeness. That's a feeling that's just as present in video games as every other emotion is. Some <laughs> games use it as like a little reprieve from an otherwise heavy experience. I'm thinking immediately when I look it up the giraffe scene in The Last of Us. Yes, I don't know if that's, you remember no, that. That's, like, a, that's oh, a great. It's, yeah. it's this nice fucking moment, like in the middle of this just just horrible <laughs> <this> game. <laughs> yeah. um, and other games have wholesomeness baked into every inch, like famed game series, whose most recent installment was released on March 20th. Doom. <laughs> so, I would like to ask you guys what are some of your favorite wholesome games or wholesome gaming moments? You, know, you don't have to make it too long. No, just, that's a fucking, If you got something you can think of, that's a good one. We can edit out the silence if you got to think on it.
1: Uh, well, you had to, you took the draft scene away from both of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like that juxtaposition quite a lot. And it's weirdly prevalent in a
2: lot of games. Um,
1: uh, the Bioshock Infinite
2: uh, yeah, scene I, where I they, they play
1: guitar in the
2: bar. Oh, God. Booker plays Will the, uh, the circle be unbroken. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah. Great fucking scene. Yeah. yeah. Contrasted against all the horrible violence. There's and... a couple <laughs> there's great. a couple great scenes in the newest God of War game oh, with between the son oh, yeah. and, and da- Kratos. dad of war, right? Yeah, Dad of <laughs> dad War. <laughs> there's a couple dad moments in that that are pretty good. That's a good and one. And that is a hectic game with a couple Wholesome reprieves. Yeah. One of my
1: favorite recent examples, because this is, my brain can't go back too, too far, is in Red Dead Redemption 2, there's some side stuff towards the back half of the game when you find
0: out. You about the house?
1: Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, no not that, that. That's just kind of silly. There's yeah. some people you befriend at a point where Arthur kind of just needs any sort of support system to talk to and not yeah. to reveal too much. You know, it's a, the game was released that long ago. Hopefully people still play it who haven't yet, but there are some dark parts and realizations and kind of what goes wrong in your community of people to the end of that game and things that Arthur finds out about himself. And yeah. that game is full of a lot of action and violence and racism and, <laughs> and all this. And there are a couple in particular that I guess I don't want to name specifically, but that you meet some people out in the open world that you kind of just pal around with and have very human heart to hearts back and forth. And it's like right before the, I guess I should say like the, the last part of that adventure where everything culminates and crescendos and yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really tiptoed around the point, but I think, uh, I got
2: a, I got another good one. Mass effect. All right. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure each of those three games ends with a suicide mission quote unquote where you oh, yeah. just see your whole team kind of just looks around <laughs> each other's like we're not coming back from this are we and you're like probably not mm-hmm and Mass Effect 3, as much as people shit on that ending, right before you go into the final battle with the Reapers, you all go to a bar together and get drunk. And that is a great fucking scene. Oh, that scene. sounds great. I, yeah, I didn't it is, play it through. Know? It's really cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but no, it's For all it's worth, cool that, that game is great up until the last 20 minutes. It is. So. <laughs> so, it's a shame a lot of people,
1: I think, forget the yeah. yeah everything before
0: it. Well, now while video games can use wholesomeness in the writing or the mechanics, like we just talked about, most of the best moments come from people themselves.
1: Hold on, I thought of one other great example example okay. <laughs> the discord that we have
0: <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
1: both of the discords that we frequent have like kind of a wholesome channel we do yeah so when we share all these links in the other channels about the horrors of <laughs> reality in the modern world you can go into the wholesome channel
0: <laughs> sorry just shout so, uh... out no, it's okay. <laughs> so like I was saying, you know, some of the best moments are when people themselves interact. When games give us opportunities to interact with the world and be nice to one another, it always seems to stand out. And I'm thinking that's probably because we're usually just wild animals with barely any self-awareness. <laughs> so it's it's nice when that doesn't happen.
1: We're just bombarded with misery.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things like previous hot button topic that Austin talked about earlier, Folding at Home, which is currently being used to help fight against COVID-19, which yes, is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And they're also doing a bunch of other things beyond that and have for a long time. Or recently I read that someone tweeted about their turnip prices in Animal Crossing and Elijah Wood just asked if he could just show up in their islands <laughs> and hang out also. So, so I
2: thought that was pretty cool.
0: Hanging out on your island.
2: The <laughs> recent story about uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez I love got <laughs> Animal Crossing and she's just been showing up to people's islands and hanging out with them. That's, that's amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or this also just happened recently. A German streamer. Named Hand of Blood, streamed the release of Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord for 24 hours, the whole time wearing a full suit of knight armor. (laughs) Like full metal armor. You should look that up. It's pretty amazing. I read a story the other day that people are meeting up, and you talked about Red Dead. They're meeting up in really organized ways in Red Dead Redemption 2 online to ride trails on horseback together. Oh, that's so cool. They're not going like fast or anything, they're literally just trotting along at the slowest speed. Just looking at the scenery and like hanging out with each other, like they're just talking on Discord. Oh, and, oh man. look at this tree! Oh, the bunny! You know, <laughs> that's great. Um, now, while that might be a product of the pandemic, it's still nice to see that somber, violent yeah. world being <laughs> used <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. And meeting up online to hang out with your friends is one of the most wholesome things you can do with games. Absolutely. I've gushed about the community i played with with Destiny for years and how mm-hmm. much that meant to me and all the memories I have. And obviously you have your own experiences, and I'm sure everyone else has similar feelings. Or how else would I have read an article titled Seven World of Warcraft Weddings You Won't Believe? No <laughs> <How laughs> unmatchable. They, so.
1: they, they had enough for that whole list to, and to rank them. That's cr-
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, That'll be as good as any transition to get the story <laughs> I wanted to tell you today. Elder Scrolls Online. Mm. Uh, for many people, an engaging and entertaining MMO set in the beautifully realized universe of the Elder Scrolls series. For me, it's a vexatious topic of conversation since our producer at ESO <laughs> fan, Jason, would tell me that I should play it every single day until say- the mention of it became a fucking joke. <laughs>
1: I was like, I think I know somebody if my memory serves me right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> our storyline. Begins. <laughs> <laughs> Our story begins in Alinor, which is a major city that served as the beginning point for new players. Is and that near
1: Cyrodiil
2: or? Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah,
0: um, I made fun of myself near... now! That means none of you could do it anymore!
2: <laughs> that does not mean that at all. No, that does not. No, no, Absolutely no. not.
1: Damn it. Alright, I'll just shut up
2: then. So
0: this city is a major point for players new and old for the Somerset Isles DLC, which is one of the game's expansions, and that was recently released when this story took place. Alright. So, on a bridge that lies between a fast travel shrine and the major crafting areas, there lies a character. And... It's not an NPC character. It's a real-life person character, okay? (laughs) And this real-life person character is an Argonian, which is one of Elder Scrolls' main species. They're like humanoid lizard folks if you've never played uh, any of the games. So, in Elder Scrolls lore, Argonians often have peculiar names that are kind of related to, like, specific tasks they've completed, I guess, or things about them in general. For example, these are a few I looked up from the series. Halls Rope Faster, that's one. Scouts Many Marshes, Swims at Night, Wanders in Tatters. That kind this of a Native creepy. American kind of theme going on. Watcher From Afar. I don't
2: know if I like that one. Uh, that's a... Mm. That's just Sting. Oh. <laughs>
0: Or this, <laughs> <laughs> you mean sting the musician. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah.
2: Okay. No, sting the wrestler.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or this, my favorite one, weaves one basket, which is just I don't know he peaked early that with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, you get the point. So the name of this particular Argonian character located on this particular bridge is sleeps on bridges. Okay,
2: (laughs) right. (laughs) So
0: here's what this player does for several hours a night, almost every day in the week. You can find sleeps on bridges, living up to his namesake, (laughs) using the sleep emote to sleep on this bridge in (laughs) Alanor. So we're talking about a real-life person dedicating real-world time to just this A-class (laughs) role-play bit. And... (laughs) Throughout the night, players walk by in droves because it is a high traffic area, and they all react oh in like a God. multitude of ways to them. Like, some just come up and laugh because ESO has proximity chat. A lot of others do like emotes. Some will lay down and sleep next to them.
1: <laughs> I support this all wholeheartedly right now.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite has to be that people play music from an instrument, which has led to this thing called Lute Flute Wars. So, I've seen a video of this. Dozens of players will stand up on, like, the railing edges of the bridges opposite of each other with flutes on one side and lutes on the other, and then they'll, like, battle, which I can only assume sounds like just pure fucking hell, (laughs) (laughs) and one time witnessed by a player, quote, somebody was using the slash yell command to serenade the entire region of Alador with an all caps rendition of Smash Mouth's (laughs) 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 all-star. So I read uh, about this story on PC Shrek, Gamer. Shrek would be proud. And oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I read it on PC Gamer, and the writer of the story said he heard about Sleeps on Bridges through some Reddit post, and then some popularity, and then he proceeded to track them down. So the guy was apparently shy and just a regular old gamer, and he started the character as a weekend experiment just to get a few laughs and kind of salute the lore to the Elder Scrolls. Like, hey, here's my cool roleplay character. Yeah, yeah, right but on. But after an overwhelming reaction that first weekend he ended up maining the character after that and a whole guild even sprung up around him without him even doing anything called the bridge sleeping tribe which at the time of this article had over 150 members to be a part of that tribe. (laughs) Apparently sleeps on bridges like didn't want anything to do with it. Like he was like, I want to be in the guild but I don't want to be a control. I'm just uh, just sleeping on bridges, man. (laughs) He eventually became the guild
1: leader. He just wants to sleep
0: on those bridges. He eventually became the guild leader but he refuses to give any direction whatsoever. Like he gives nothing. Quote, my favorite quality of our bridge sleeping culture is how it is a 100% organic hobby that players (laughs) choose to do without my request or direct influence. Just beautiful. So spending several hours a night to log on to an MMO and just sleep on a bridge, because you've essentially become a staple NPC character in this world, it's just one of my favorite things ever. And it's a dedication to this great bit, and it's really charming, and I think wholesome incarnate. Describe it well. Just another example of how games aren't a place to hear about how your mom's getting boned down on, but <laughs> they can be a platform for you to interact with it can and be improve both. each other's yeah. lives. Even if it's just laying on a fucking bridge. <laughs> (laughs) All right, so I'll leave us off with a quote from the person who created uh, (laughs) Mr. Sleeps on Bridges himself. Quote, This might sound cheesy, but the best gift I've gotten is other players' appreciation for this character. It gives me a really unique feeling of mutual acknowledgement. I've been in love with Elder Scrolls ever since I played Morrowind in 2003, and the amount of love that people show Sleeps made me feel like he's my genuine tribute to the Elder Scrolls, and it's an <laughs> amazing fan base. That's adorable. So, that's my story. I think it's fucking amazing. I love this person. It's so stupid, but it's just like this perfect little thing.
1: No, I give that story a big fat all. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> and just bless just a bit. Just bless this person for committing to this bit. <laughs> That's good. And don't worry, right, I'll I outweigh all, all the
2: wholesomeness later. <laughs> You're going to counteract that.
1: <laughs> huh? My story is not wholesome, but we'll be laughing. and So it's okay. all right. So originally I was going to cover the wild fucking tale that is Cooking Mama Cookstar, which is probably one of my favorite game controversies in a long time. But seeing as how it is technically still ongoing, Mm -hmm. I figured it might be a better idea to wait a little on that one and instead take us back to 2008 and talk about what is likely the most Stolen game ever? A crappy point-and-click adventure game for the PC named Limbo of the Lost. Have you right. guys heard of this no, thing? I have heard of that. Okay. Because yeah. I honestly barely knew shit about this story until a friend of the podcast, who I actually mentioned earlier, Matt, brought it up to me a while back and... Leading me to the research, of which was very confusing. (laughs) Okay. For starters, we got a mystery title that looks like a super generic box that you would find in the home computer section of a Staples or like a Walmart.
0: (laughs) I don't think they put... Do they carry games with Staples anymore?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if Staples carries anything in it anymore, at least around us. (laughs) Since they're gone. But I think you guys can sort of picture it. But this is where I uh, also assume lives the demographic that the cover was more or less trying to appeal to. The company that made it was called Majestic Studios, not to be confused with Majesco or other video game Majestic by EA. No, these guys were a relatively unknown British developer founded in 1993 and released this product, and only this product, before rightfully disappearing forever. Attempts to research the team now mostly just link to a wedding photography group of the same name. Okay. (laughs) And oh, uh, you also heard that right. The studio opened in 93 and the game in question debuted in 08. That means it took 15 years for them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to fucking okay. get this something onto shelves, <laughs>
2: like well, that explains why it's a text adventure that came out in 2008. Huh? It, it,
1: <laughs> well, it's just hilarious that it was like that. This bullshit was the result of all that fucking time. This is mostly due to this the fact. This is part
0: of the reason Duke Nukem was delayed when they were like, "Oh my god, a text adventure in 2008? We gotta, we gotta add this." Yeah.
1: But this is all mostly due to the fact that Limbo the Lost initially first appeared as an Atari ST and Amiga 500 title all the way back at the European Computer Trade Show in 1995. The pitch was designed to be a return to form for the classic, like Austin said, graphical text adventure, and it had a demo. The setting was kind of intriguing, too. Focusing on the true story of Captain Benjamin Briggs, as well as an alternate take on him and his crew's famous disappearance upon the ship, the Mary Celeste, in 1872. However, due to the obviously dwindling market on the hosted platforms, and not to mention the genre and all that stuff, but it wasn't exactly finished, either. The project had major difficulty finding a publisher. That's when Rasputin Software, owned by Grand Slam Entertainment... Picked up the task before later changing their mind and pulling out once it was ready for release. Like by this point, those consoles were super dead, so it was shelved. And that's the end of her story. (laughs) Or at least it was, until suddenly in 2003, the game quietly reappeared after development was restarted. Except now efforts were shifted to Windows instead. Smart move. And same team as before. Primarily it was Steve Bovis, Tim Croucher, (laughs) or is it Croucher? I want to say crotchet. I have no idea. And Lawrence Francis. They also supposedly had issues prior when trying to grow the staff. So this entire thing was basically like built from the ground up again in 3D. Uh, They even found not just one publisher this time, but two. G2 Games was handling the launch in Europe in 2007, while Tri-Synergy was in charge of wider distribution in North America six months later. Not exactly. How? The,
0: how? How do you get? How do people put out games? It sounds like if we were like, let's make a game, and all I of know, a sudden like, know, know. we're getting published. I, I mean,
1: I guess this is pre-recession, but still, not exactly the most well-known of help here with these publishers, but hey, you know, they got it out.
2: Try Synergy sounds like a fake company in a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I was going to say it sounds like a front for like a villain who has a
0: uh, volcano island or something. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. So
0: funny thing is physical versions
1: were said to be very rare to find. Casting doubt about the legitimacy of its production Though that's what online distribution's for. A teaser trailer was put out promoting its release, but then it was quickly edited after, quote, failing to meet ESRB regulations. There didn't seem to be anything troubling with the actual content. If anything, it read more like it could have been a potential problem with payment. When those looking for answers began to search into the devs themselves, the only helpful page out there was Majestic's GeoCities site, now, of course, defunct. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: remember GeoCities and Angel Fire? <laughs> yeah. The early internet Angel was fire. dope, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the, it was. the
1: group was active on there, regularly posting behind-the-scenes, quote-unquote, videos of the team working, albeit with some of the featured concept art sporting character names that I am not comfortable repeating. Regardless, the game looked real enough, I guess, despite codes only being purchasable through their website and Amazon rather than services such as Steam or GOG. Wait, was GOG around then? Maybe not.
2: In 2008? Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay, I think it launched in 08. It might have launched. I think it was the same year, but I don't know exactly when. You can look that up. I'm not sure. Anyway, June 2nd, Limbo of the Lost is on the shelves. Kind of, if you can find it. I couldn't for the life of me locate a price point or if review copies were ever sent out to outlets either. But enough about all that boring stuff. Let's get into the shit. (laughs) So nine days later on the 11th. The site Game Plasma uploaded an article along with screenshots drawing attention to the questionable in-game location that a user came across while playing. It showcased a a room, specifically a bar, that appeared to be 100% identical to one found in The Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion. (laughs) After this discovery, a thread was then started on NeoGAF where other people started to show interest in diving deeper into Limbo just in case there were more violations against their favorite fantasy RPG. And boy, did their digging pull up some shit. Like, honestly, it's amazing. What began as a simple search for more stolen areas from Oblivion bizarrely ended with posters (coughs) finding tons of assets taken from a laundry list of media. There was the Keeper Library from Thief 3 decorated with skulls from Diablo 2. (laughs) Spoken dialogue from Rune, which was confirmed by a rep of theirs entire scenes were fucking ripped from painkiller return to castle wolfenstein and silent hill 4 the room objects were spotted wait for it from Crisis, Bioshock, Unreal Tournament 2003 and 4, Baldur's Gate, Sea Dogs, World of Warcraft, Enclave, Morrowind, the other two Thief games, Vampire of the Masquerade Bloodlines, Hexen, The Lord of the Rings, Battle for Middle Earth, and a CryEngine 2 tech demo. It was what? even revealed that the game's cursor was the same one in Black and White 2. It was insane. Where did they
0: get all
2: this? (laughs) They just ripped assets.
1: So, yeah, screenshots were being taken, shared left and right. Like, I can show you guys the pictures. The results were inarguable. Oh, I've
0: seen the pictures. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm looking at some now. This is insane.
1: It was a goddamn scavenger hunt in there, with more and more materials being posted every few hours, like Philip Muson style. Things then somehow got weirder after enthusiasts began to then look outside of just video games, discovering that some of the featured FMV sequences drew a connection to live-action films, audio, as well as images from Spawn, Beetlejuice, and Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3. (laughs)
0: God, I can't
2: imagine. Like, wait, sense. is that is that Johnny Depp? He, he, they got him for this game. Holy shit! I want <laughs> to play this so much more. Just because, how the fuck do you steal from Thief? <laughs> And Elder Scrolls, Beetlejuice, and, no, and Pirates.
0: Well, that's uh, yeah. So that's the
2: and thing. Crisis. All and of crisis. these
1: examples, by the way, they have completely different aesthetics. That's what I'm saying. And yeah, and none of them particularly obscure at all. Or
0: and they're all owned by it. Yeah, it's just like, like it's just like Johnny Depp's like, "I'm on the deck of the Black Pearl. This is nice." And then the crisis suit just <laughs> turns from invisible to non, like just in the background,
2: <laughs> like Predator <laughs> halfway through wandering around environment from Thief you just come onto an FMV cutscene of Michael Keaton in his <laughs> Beetlejuice outfit talking to Will Turner from fucking Pirates of the Caribbean and then, and then just Splat comes in yeah. hey guys
1: because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the thing it's like none of these are small rights holders fucking either like it's like God, yeah. it's like Disney like, they're,
2: like yeah. they're gonna get their ass kicked you're just, you're just walking around at Elder Scrolls bar and you just hear Giant Depp go why is all the rum gone <laughs> <laughs> it's the only line I remember from those movies yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah until
1: right after that you just see like the big daddy from Bioshock and, oh my god yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> so good the copyright violations were so numerous and so blatant many were recent like i mentioned i don't know how anyone could have ever possibly thought that, that they would have gotten away
2: with this probably because they were going to be on a shelf in staples and no one would notice, <laughs> <Yeah. dude>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fucking even people shopping at walmart that don't know jack fuck about computers i'm sure of probably seen a parts of the caribbean movie at some point or at least just yeah. through cultural
2: osmosis. Those nah, movies didn't do well.
1: <laughs> yeah, no one saw those, right? Mm-hmm. Higher of
0: the
2: what?
1: <laughs> Many thought the only reasonable explanation was that it had to be part of some ARG. <laughs>
0: like or something. <laughs> yeah, this is too insane. It's yeah. got to be part of <laughs> like, <all.
1: laughs> it, it was too obvious and like the industry had never seen anything like this prior. Not on this scale anyway. There was the time that uncharted 4 trailer and Assassin's Creed Unity had like a placeholder mix-up and also when my own mom had to deal with her work being used without permission in some games by a publisher who shall remain nameless until I know I can maybe have her on to talk about the experience herself. Wait
0: a second. You said what about Uncharted? You know, they stole a whole game, Crash Bandicoot, for a scene in one of their games.
1: Can you believe that? <laughs> Instead of a boulder, it's a truck. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, it's like, all right, Nathan Drake's playing Crash Bandicoot. Oh, oh <laughs> (laughs) The black pearl just crashes through the screen (laughs) and the crisis guy jumps off of it.
1: I fucking love Uncharted and that part in four rules when when you play in the PlayStation together. That's so good. I'm all about games and other games like used that way. That's also a fucking great example of like a wholesome moment and otherwise actually. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That was on the wholesome list. Yeah,
1: that's a very like sweet sort of, you know, breakup of all of that bigger action where you get all the, the good character Back and forth drama. This, though, this was something else. And once the word of massive plagiarism was out, publisher TriSynergy rightfully distanced themselves hard, claiming that they had no idea Majestic was doing what they were doing. On June 12th, only one day after the first catch was found, the game was officially removed from retail. And
0: Wait, a catch? They had the a <laughs> ship from Destiny in there? <laughs> <laughs> the ship that the Fallen used
1: to? <laughs> but it was removed from retail and download. A rep at also contacted the studio for response, which I can only imagine what that email read like. <laughs> Not a peep from Europe's G2, by the way, the other publisher. Then on June the 24th, the developers would post their statement, quote, in response to the shocking notification that some alleged, alleged, unauthorized copyright of materials submitted by sources external to the development team have been found within the PC game Limbo of the Lost. We have given our consent and full cooperation to both publishers who are recalling all units from all territories immediately. To the best of our knowledge, no one at Majestic, G2 Games or TriSynergy Inc. knew about this infringement and knowingly played any part in it. Which, cool, but then how the fuck did this happen? Who was responsible? Well, according to project lead and programmer Steve Bovis, Majestic didn't actually make the art assets here, and instead claimed it was done by an outside contractor. A name wasn't given, but he assured that they were investigating. And then
0: once we got it back, (laughs) we just said, fuck it, we'll keep it all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Then, the other two founding members of the studio, Francis and Croucher, gave their reasons first was that they themselves had nothing to do with the graphics and second was that well, it of course that. wasn't a result of outsource work and that it was indeed done internally of course they also revealed that because of this they were both resigning from the company <laughs> a month later on june 30th a more detailed statement from them was released quote Due to the behavior of certain members of the Majestic Studios team, Mr. T. Croucher and Mr. L. Francis would like to announce their departure from Majestic Studios, and would like it known that they had <laughs> severed all connections, ties, and links with the remaining members of the Majestic team.
0: How, how could they be the heads of the studio and not <laughs> <I> know, know. <laughs> that the only game they're producing is full of this stuff, and then go, hey man, we I know we may be in charge, but we had no clue, we, we're out. <laughs> I mean, the, the fucking... The- There's only like three people, like
1: really, like that's sort of the, I know there's probably other people on this team, but for the most part, this is a game that is like, also
2: I like the other (laughs) guys, three people. I like the other guy's statement where he's just like, Hey man, the art wasn't us. It's like, you're making a text adventure. (laughs) What the fuck did you do?
1: (laughs) So after that harsh and fair announcement, they also went on to say what their exact jobs on the product were. Croucher was on general research, as well as some voice acting and puzzle design, and Francis did the music, a little bit of script writing, and also lent his voice and help with the puzzle design as well.
0: Quote. Yeah, I thought it was weird when I was writing the script (laughs) that somebody suggested I name a character Jack Sparrow. I didn't I just went with it.
1: (laughs) And that's when Captain Benjamin Briggs looked in the mirror and said, Beetlejuice, (laughs) Beetlejuice.
0: Yeah, I had no idea.
1: (laughs) Quote, neither Mr. Croucher nor "...nor Mr. Francis had any say or control over graphics, rendering, coding, or game screen design." I guess they mean UI there, but I don't know. Also, nobody is we talking about... We never uh, looked
0: at a game. We never looked at a screen, ever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. And they're not mentioning the audio here either, I guess, so I don't
0: know. How do you write a game that's never looking at anything? And these guys are some sort of minority report pool, and it's just the game idea comes to them, and they ship <laughs> it up to an idiot who what? slaps a Diablo's skull on it, and carries it
2: along. Look, dude. All I saw was concept art, and he points to the concept art filing cabinet, and it's just a bin full of Blu rays and 360 games <laughs>
1: <laughs> to finish this quote. As far as both Mr. Croucher and Mr. Francis were aware, they really don't have to say, introduce themselves like that every time. The Mr. thing, oh. also admitted, dude. <laughs> also material. Uh, yeah. Also, been material. they're
0: distinguished, yeah.
1: <laughs> All submitted material was to be original. Both Mr. Croucher and Mr. Francis ugh, adhered to this contractual clause. So, who was it? Well, shortly after this, a post was discovered on the Winter Mute Engine forums dated back in December of 4 That was the engine the game itself was built in. But in it, there was a gallery of screenshots with the captions openly taking credit for creating a couple backgrounds in 3D Studio. Except... They were from Return to Castle Wolfenstein. One of the 500 things I listed earlier that shit was grabbed from. I assume he added out all the swastikas. I don't know. Oh, and the poster? Steve Bovis. Limbo the Lost director and finger pointer who spouted that contractors were behind all the thievery. Now, while this technically isn't definitive proof against him, it does lend quite the credence that he himself was truly responsible for the endless well of deliberately stolen copyrighted works. (laughs) In addition to that, an earlier interview with Just Adventure, Steve publicly gave the names of his full team and described his position at Majestic in full. Quote, My job is to put the game together and create all the visuals, coding, sounds, models, marketing, and basically make the game flow and work, as well as manage and try to motivate the team. A job that is hard (laughs) enough at the best of times. End quote. Which, how do you
0: think he motivated well, them? I don't did know, they make man. I just a to make a text adventure. <laughs> Turns out when you need pictures of things, you can't just, what, do you got to draw them? I don't know what to do. <laughs> I, <just laughs> I don't even
1: own a pencil. So, whoops, not only did he not mention any outside contractor hiring here, but he also clearly states that making all the assets, both visual and not, are solely on him. Once these answers were found, users on the Wintermute forums then dug through the rest of his profile and its post, documenting anything regarding his personal involvement in various aspects of the game's graphical art. All in all, about eight were archived that gave pretty irrefutable evidence for the role he played during this game's production, and who really knows why he would commit such self-sabotage here if it truly was him. I mean...
0: I get- he was the Fall Guy because Tri Synergy <laughs> was Dr. Evil Show Corporation. So he, he had to fall, somebody like, had to fall on the sword. He
1: could have been stressed and rushing to make a deadline, maybe. But, you know, either way, though, like this goes far beyond just a single lapse in judgment. Yeah.
2: Tri Synergy had to distract from the controversy because they make text adventures in Black Hawk helicopters. <laughs> So, <laughs> <laughs> these tomahawk missiles are stolen. Yeah.
1: So, I, I think in the end, it was said around 76 instances of plagiarism were found. Hell, it could
0: be way more than that for all we know. Given how quickly these guys tried to back out, how much they fumbled with it, it sounds just like two con men are like, we can make a video game, make some money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One thing we are certain of, however, is that Limbo of the Lost is never, ever coming back for resale. Majestic is gone. Steve Bovis is gone. I assume both were sued into oblivion and Disney promptly buried the guy somewhere. We may never find out. I couldn't find anything about an actual lawsuit, though, interestingly enough. Honestly, that may have happened, which is the best case scenario for him, is that everything was taken down before any of the other affected rights holders could respond. Today, only a few copies of the game float around on eBay, priced between $270 and $1,500 for all you crazy collectors out there after the recalls. You Um, bought one,
2: didn't you? I I don't have that kind of money. (laughs) Uh, But you you would if you did. (laughs) You would if you did have the money. Uh, Maybe.
1: There are currently just three reviews up for it on Metacritic, one being a score of twenty-three out of a hundred, while the other two are flat-out zeros. Their summaries don't even bring up the stolen works, but instead point out the overall bugginess, as well as its insultingly boring gameplay and production values, as being the largest criticisms against
2: it. I thought Pirates uh, of the Caribbean those reviewers. <laughs> have... I mean, remember, like we, we've been <laughs> joking, it, it was a point-and-click game. Like I was just saying, I thought Pirates of the Caribbean had great production values. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: me too. I was gonna say these these reviewers have no fun. Like you can get a review this game and be like the gameplay sucks it's like what? That's, who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Beetlejuice is in the, this game. The funny thing is, like,
1: the, the nature of it being the style of games means the backgrounds that weren't theirs didn't even have to move. Like, it was just super, yeah, like... Just, like, Google image search
2: bar. Castle <laughs> bar. Like,
1: I when, know. Like, you didn't have to take it from fucking Oblivion, which only came out, like, a I'm year sure prior. I am sure less
0: trouble by stealing an image shack background <laughs> yeah. than you old fucking yeah, take it from Elder Scrolls. It's just trolls. the
1: superimposed character like post on top of a static background that says getty images real big like yeah i
0: was gonna say it's like doom but picture all the texts have like some sort of watermark (laughs) all over no instead
1: they have to have the fucking it be wolfenstein which doesn't even make sense considering the time period of this shit but yeah now i'm gonna leave this all with a funny quote from mr bovis i mean the quote itself isn't funny but in context it definitely made me laugh before I do that, though, I should point out that Mr. Croucher, Mr. Croucher, and Mr. Francis may not entirely be innocent themselves. Players did discover some recycled puzzles, designed they each claim to have been a part of. But hey, nobody in the story is ever going to be hired to develop in the field ever again anyway, so who cares? Alright, so last quote from Stevie Boy. This was an answer to a question in an interview with QT3 regarding if other games were an inspiration for the title. His response The project is more influenced by film than other games. We want the experience to be as original as possible, and as such, we have made a calculated effort to keep away from other games in the genre. Man, man this is better than I thought, honestly. Like he's just, you know, overcompensating so far. Limbo The Lost is an experience first and foremost, secondly, wrapped up in a game media genre. There you have it, folks. No one is more authentic. Oh, and uh, before we move on to *Years Austin, I'd like to thank Rock, Paper, Shotgun, and Giant Bomb for their exposés on the subject. I'm actually going to give credit here, unlike those idiots. But that's it. Limbo of the Lost. Apparently the ending of the campaign is also insane, from what I heard, but whatever. Can't be dumber than all this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right at the end, you're like, damn, you know, Limbo Lost wasn't that bad after all. And then all of a sudden, you get uh, brought aboard the Reaper ship, <laughs> and they ask you whether you want to have a
2: red ending, a blue ending, or a green ending. And then Deadpool comes riding the never-ending story monster. and <laughs> Use the force, Benjamin Briggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alec Guinness just shows up.
1: All right, Austin, what have you got for us? All right. On a
2: scale of 1 to 10. On a scale of 1 to 10 what? Uh, how <laughs> no, much how, how much is this story? Just, a, just say a number. Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10. On a ten. scale of 1 yeah. to 10 how many backwards baseball hats are involved? It's like 8.
1: <laughs> wow, um, that's that's like almost up to the guy games yeah. like a <laughs> All
2: right. Well, before I get into the actual story, which I will reveal <laughs> as I'm talking, all right, kind of you know, story tell a little bit. He's bearing the lead. I'm gonna get into. Th- I'm gonna get into three levels, just for anybody out there that doesn't know. Hurt, I'm gonna, me, I'm hurt cover, me, plenty. No, What's I'm gonna the, cover. I am uh, hell reincarnate. Uh, I need There's a dream within a dream. <laughs> okay, you cover three important things that everybody needs to know for this story. The, right. the first one everybody probably already knows, but if you didn't, FIFA. Oh. is a very popular soccer game franchise made by Electronic Arts. No corruption now, what's in soccer. That's soccer... the one where they're on the horses with the mallets. Soccer is the one where <laughs> European football.
0: Whoa, called <laughs> out, dude. What G- get out of Europe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you better, you better if you
2: can get on a plane now, you can go uh nowhere in the world. You're the only <laughs> safe place. <laughs> yeah. European football is called rugby. Oh yeah. But yeah, FIFA's a soccer game. Point
1: two, or South America actually would have been better.
2: An important part of every EA sports game now is called Ultimate Team. You guys know what Ultimate Team is? Is just the card, the trading cards yeah. thing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yes. for those of you that don't know, here's I a quick rundown. Familiar. First introduced in FIFA 2009, later added in Madden 2010, and then NHL 2011. I played it in
0: Madden, yeah.
2: Ultimate Team is EA's cash-printing machine and probably the reason why they haven't had to worry about making a good game in years. (laughs) Uh, It's a play on fantasy sports instead of simply... Playing as a real-life team and all the players on that team, players open packs of cards, packs that you can earn with FIFA coins, which you can also buy FIFA coins. Of course. With real-life money, (laughs) these packs have cards in them. Each card represents a real-life athlete on a real-life soccer team. Players then... Fit these cards into slots that represent the positions on the pitch. Soccer is (laughs) stupid. Come at me, Europe, again. Uh, Damn. (laughs) You can construct a team out of these cards. You fit them into the slots for whatever position they play. Goalie, linebackers, football. I don't know anything about soccer. (laughs) Give one one more soccer position. (laughs) Uh, Forward. Hey, that's that's, basketball. That's that's (laughs) hockey, but it's also soccer, Uh, I think. There you go. And then you take that team either against the AI or, as most people do, online to play against other ultimate teams to prove that you have the ultimate team. And obviously, as any card game microtransactions bullshit goes, you don't get your fucking... God, I can't even name a soccer player. Uh, <laughs> Pele. Pe- no, he's long since retired. I know,
1: but that's all I... Think. Uh, oh, Messi? We were watching E3? Uh, Austin? Uh, and then, uh, Michael Jordan. And we were making jokes about how EA always brings athletes out on stage. And when they announced the next FIFA, we we're like, what soccer player are they going to bring out? And Dan Pittner, it's like a friend of ours, uh, who's listened to the show and been on it previously guest, was like, they're going to bring out Pele, aren't they? And we're like, they're not going to fucking bring out Pele. It's like 2017 or something, and Pele walks out. Dan's like, I told you, Pele. Nobody (laughs) in America (laughs) knows anyone else that plays soccer. This fucking expo's in Los Angeles.
2: Anyway, I was going to say, we're showing about how much we know about sports right now. I probably should have looked up, but The best of the best star athletes that everybody in the rest of the world knows are obviously very rare. Yeah. To use an example that I do know, your Tom Brady would not be in a starter pack. You would have to pull a lot of packs to get Tom Brady for the Madden version. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. And, you know, you're going to have to earn... Or buy a mm-hmm. lot of packs in order to find the best players, and obviously, the better the team, the easier it is for you to win.
1: Pay to win, you might
0: say.
2: It is almost <laughs> like the literal definition of pay to win. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is so pay to win. I it's mean, I, I guess
1: also a good comparison would be like in terms of rarity, like baseball cards and the randomness of it. Though you didn't more like magic. Yeah, because you actually played. A play the good element. point. Yeah, there's a like,
2: but just like with any microtransaction based thing. There are ways to earn them without buying them. you can. Okay. There's a trading system that I tried to look up, and it's worse than the stock market. I don't understand <laughs> it at all. Um, but there are different modes, and some modes offer better rewards than others. One such mode offers the highest rewards, and it is called Ooh. FIFA Ultimate Team Champions, or as I will now on refer to it, Foot Champions. <laughs> F-U-T. That is what everybody in the community calls it, so I'm going to call it that.
1: I don't know why that makes me laugh. Wait, Foot <laughs>
2: Champions? Foot Champions. Foot
0: champion, Or,
2: as they actually call it, Foot Weekend League, because this is a weekend league for the game. Now, in order to... Qual- and is there a thread where you post pictures of your team called Foot Damn foot it, I was, I, was, I was actually leaning into
1: a similar <laughs> joke and then decided against it. Thank God you swooped in.
2: I hate <laughs> both of you. <laughs> this is a weekend league for the game. In order to qualify for this weekend league, because you don't just get to join it and play. you got to qualify. In order to qualify for this league, to participate, you need to win tournaments during the week, which is basically to win a tournament, it's single elimination, so you have to play a bunch of games without losing one. Mm-hmm. You have to be ranked Division One in the foot season mode. <laughs> or you have to have a gold rank from the previous weekend. And we'll mm-hmm. get to gold rank mm-hmm. in a second. Not only is the barrier for entry insane, but so is the time commitment. Get this. Being in the weekend league requires you to play 30 matches a weekend. All of the information. A weekend. A weekend. All of the information. That's a lot. <laughs> or a lot of the information that I am using for the story, which we will get to in a little bit, comes from a Eurogamer write-up all about it. They calculate that FIFA matches take around about 20 minutes, depending on breaks mm-hmm. and whether you skip sure. them or whatever. Right. So that comes to about 10 hours of digital soccer a weekend. in 48 hours? Jeez. And that is not including the obvious time that Fuck somebody that. who really cares about this would take tinkering with their team outside of the right, matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so you're literally doing two hours. shifts. Yeah, that, this is a full-time yeah, commitment is a job. for sure. And then the mode is not structured like a tournament. Now, you have to win tournaments to get into it, but it is not structured like a tournament. The way it works is you never get knocked out you just play those 30 games and then they rank everybody based on their you know, performance. Okay. So, okay. even if you lose all 30 of your games, you still have to play all 30 games. <laughs> Unlike a tournament where if you're really bad, you get knocked out in the first round, you're like, well, I'm done you're with like, that. Yeah, a- you have to play all 30 <laughs> games. At the end of the weekend, Jeez. the game ranks all the players into leagues. Like I said, gold division, silver, bronze, just like any ranked oh, game. I don't know what the scrub league is uh, all But way this the is bottom. based entirely on win loss ratio and nothing else. Okay. Wow. So there's no hidden MMR matchmaking rating behind it. Yeah, that's, that's very it. unlike other games. Yes. <laughs> and the rewards are doled out accordingly. So if you're the top player of that weekend, you obviously get a whole bunch of shit. Winning that and in the Gold League can reward you with thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands maybe of FIFA coins to spend on packs. Some packs themselves, some packs guaranteeing all rare players. Some so-called Mega Packs, which I don't know what that is. Tried to look it up. I see it's just a shitload Uh, of cards. Yeah. I don't don't know. And even exclusive versions of cards that are only available to winners of this mode. Cool. Now, this sounds like the very elite would be there, right? Yeah. This is a very popular mode within this community. It is pretty much, if you are into FIFA... That's what you're into. That's why you're into FIFA, this mode. EA's estimates for FIFA... This is from FIFA 2017, so I'm sure it's only gotten bigger, but six million people competing weekly to qualify. Now, I could not actually find how many people are allowed in. I think that changes based on certain factors. I don't think it's a set number, but it's not six million. It's less than that because not everybody qualifies. But obviously, with all the qualifications, dedication, and rewards that this mode both requires and offers, it is obviously where the most elite players go. It's basically gambling, like all the uh, Ultimate Team shit.
1: Uh, yeah, no, not uh, just basically. <laughs>
2: yeah. And like they say, higher the risk, higher the reward, right? Boy. And, they do say and that. And like like Austin well, they... capitalism say, why not find a way to conspire behind closed doors to mitigate that risk for yourself and come out on top, even if you're not the best? <laughs>
0: um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: yeah. And and like
0: FIFA, I'm sure full of corruption and yeah, exploitation. Yeah. I was oh, gonna say yeah. it's
2: the most
1: appropriate game, really, for and now considering the organization we
0: get into our
2: story. Mm-hmm.
0: Hold on, what if there's a mode of FIFA where it's called ultimate mode? and you just build a giant um, stadium in a f- in a third world country and you exploit all their laborers and then you just abandon it and pay nobody that's, the, my favorite w- that's mode the world, that world FIFA cup. Had. that's <laughs> the world cup mode. oh
1: was that like this was that oh, yeah. a canceled sim game like sim world cup yeah. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh,
0: sim drain a thermal country of all their resources chris,
2: chris, is, chris is making a lot of jokes but if you out there do not know how awful of an organization FIFA oh, yeah. is i urge you to look it up because they are garbage i fell they into that w- absolutely w- human i thought of that
1: wiki hall one night after that movie uh-huh. What was it united passions Yep.
2: yeah okay <laughs> so look now, that up on to our story on Sunday, October twentieth, twenty nineteen, a twenty-one-year-old Twitch streamer and FIFA community member by the name of Nick Bartels, who goes by the handle Run the Foot Market, <laughs> uh, was participating in one such league match live on stream. This was his last game before he would be ranked in the coveted top one hundred. If he won, he would be in the top one hundred, and his prizes would skyrocket. Now he was up one nil in the ninety-first minute. Sound like a Brit? When he got disconnected from the game. Now, disconnects Oof. do happen. This is EA servers we're talking about, <laughs> because they don't spend all that money they're making on server maintenance. <laughs> yeah, but uh, from there on
1: EA, i would just uh, listen to but our Simpsons episode. Bartels felt
2: it, it was kind of fishy. You see, Bartels tweeted later that night and said, Ooh. "This was his first disconnect in over three years, and he thought it was a little weird uh. that it happened right before a game ended." Right before he he reached the top 100. Oh, man, this is to get juicy. I love Um, it. And then he would shock the FIFA community. You see, after this, he did a little bit of digging. Mm -hmm. He apparently went and talked to the guy he played against, who did not conspire against him. It was a Costa Rican FIFA pro. Okay. He apparently says that the guy was very nice, and it was just a random disconnect. Oh, that's good. However... Mm -hmm. His digging did unearth Bound some more. shit. <laughs> you see, he, being a big member of the FIFA community, is friends with a lot of pros in the FIFA community.
1: Is this when Beetlejuice and Jack Sparrow get involved? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay.
2: Worse people. Uh, he posted some screenshots onto his Twitter. Some screenshots of a Discord server. And one day later, on October 21st, would upload a YouTube video to his channel. This 29-minute YouTube video, simply titled, This is Unacceptable, he explains the contest (laughs) of the screenshots he posted. You see, he says this Discord is a dodging Discord, and he cites notable members of said Discord, such as Chicago Fire Pro Hectic Jukes, FIFA streamer Ryan Zhang 99, and E-Champions League winner and New York City FIFA Pro NYC underscore Chris. According to Bartels, this Discord started innocently enough. It started as a way for these North American pro players to meet up and practice against each other. You see, yeah, when you're a pro player, you can't really practice online because you get matched up against people. And, you know, if you're a good person, you, you don't want to steamroll idiots because you're not learning and sure. they, they're having a bad time. Yeah. Uh, there are some people out there that
1: like, that's all they like to do. Yeah, but...
2: yeah that's why most of, like, pro
0: shooter teams have like big rosters and they train against each other and then, you know, pick Exactly. exactly. to go up to like the top that makes
2: complete sense but the more pros they added the more the discord changed and what it morphed into was much worse than that now for those of you that don't know because i learned this term what a dodging discord is or i guess what dodging is you see i have
1: a guess but i assume you're gonna explain anyway yeah
2: you see matchmaking for those of you that don't know is meant to match you with players of the same skill level. Thank
1: you, Halo 2.
2: A lot of games have a hidden rating that every player is assigned called an MMR or matchmaking rating. And depending on the game, it's calculated by a whole bunch of different factors. But basically, Especially if you're playing
1: with a, a bunch of people that all have exactly. their own scores as well or but statistics.
2: it's meant to match you with somebody equal to you or in certain games as close to equal as you can possibly get. Now, these systems can be flawed. But for the most part, they tend to work.
1: Yeah. Some games are better at it than others. Some but, games are better but, at it than but others. But for the most part...
0: Yeah, like you can get into a rank hole in Overwatch where it just ranks you with horrible people and then you lose a bunch of games. So it ranks you with worse people and then you lose a bunch of games. <laughs> You're telling me this... But I, th- have, I have, <laughs> yeah, se- I don't know I have seven about gold medals, but it doesn't mean anything because... <laughs> no, guys, I'm not switching.
1: I'm
2: not switching. <laughs> um, now, what these people were doing, like I said... This mode was based entirely on win-loss ratio and nothing else, not MMR. So what these pros figured out that they could do is they got into this Discord and they decided, hey, wait a minute. If we don't enter matchmaking at the same time, we'll never get matched up against each other. And this game is based Mm -hmm. entirely on win-loss and nothing else. And we have most of the top 100 in this Discord with us. So <laughs> if we if we all enter we matchmaking the... at different times and coordinate it so that we never are matchmaking at the same time, oh. then we will never have to play each other, and then we can just pub stomp our way to the top. Essentially,
1: that's actually a different angle than I was expecting, mm-hmm. which is takes yeah, more planning. I, I thought you were gonna go into like they the problem th- the yeah or the problem that Street Fighter Five had where people would just DC to keep their so
2: FIFA like, accounts for that. Okay. If you DC, it does not count as anything. I, for do, I do think
1: they eventually fixed that. in, yes. in, in they did. In, yeah, in five. Still, the fact that not every developer accommodates for it, but that this, no, that's way more elaborate. <laughs> this
2: allows them to keep the top 100 amongst themselves, yep. refuse those top spots to any new players no as in, best no they out. can. Yeah. Exactly. Now, this isn't to discredit these how good these people are at FIFA. You still have well, to have the skill to beat whoever you get matched up against, but at least they know they're never battling another top 100 player, and all of them are in on those sweet, sweet rewards. Maybe
1: you'll get into it, but do you know how long that was going on? Like how I will get into okay. it. Okay, I was curious about how when that Discord was started and stuff. Like,
2: so where does Bartles fit into this? <laughs> Not our, at all. Our, apparently, our streamer like, <laughs> Well, according to him, he he's a little cocky. He is one of the top FIFA players in the country, other than a some cocky, of these pros. A
1: cocky pro gamer? Mm, yeah.
2: I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard of it. <laughs> but to him, streamers and content creators specifically were excluded from this. And part of this Discord is not just to avoid playing each other, but also, like I said, to keep other people from reaching the top 100. Yeah, yeah. And since he was an outsider about to make it into the top 100, they couldn't have that. No girls allowed, dude. And since he was a streamer, he was on Twitch. So, what do you do in that position? Stream snipe. So Ooh. the screenshot oh, this is getting
1: dirtier and dirtier. the screenshot
2: that was sent to him specifically was a bunch of pros talking about when he was entering matchmaking specifically and that they were all going to enter Fuck. at the same time to try to fight him. Or sorry, play him in soccer yeah. or whatever. <laughs> uh, and apparently it's not just him. They do this a lot.
1: I'm sure. I mean, there are probably plenty of people that that happened to who weren't streamers.
2: And and apparently, like I said, this, I'm sure. this mm. guy is pretty good. So he actually has the ability to beat some of the people in this Discord. Yeah. So not only did they just try they to almost fight did. him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, apparently he's beaten a couple of them when they oh, did before. do this. Okay. So this screenshot specifically was them coordinating to get their best player oh, so they knew who against he, they, they him. They knew, knew who he was. was. They yeah. were specifically going after him. Okay, yes. <laughs> now, Bartle says in his video, he makes his money from his streams. He says he's a good FIFA player, but he's not the best FIFA player in the world, obviously. But he's watched. Or even the region. Yeah. But he is apparently well-known because all that stock market shit I said was very confusing. Apparently, he is very, very good at it. So, that is what people watch him for. not a FIFA necessarily- day trader. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, what a world. And he says that for him and a lot of other content creators and a lot of the people in this Discord, the FIFA Ultimate Team rewards are really not the prize. Because... They're already in the top 100, which means they have to have good teams. The real price here is yeah. the win itself. You see, it's all well and good that you get a bunch of mega packs and hundreds of thousands of FIFA coins. But what's better is that you're able to post on YouTube a video of you opening said mega packs and <laughs> buying more mega packs of with course. your FIFA coins. Yeah. A win means new followers. With new followers, it comes to be more views. And more, more views, views means more, more money. More money. Yeah. But the world yep, yep. keeps
1: on spinning.
2: Bartles then goes on to say that this is not a FIFA 20 problem, this is a FIFA problem. This has apparently been happening Bing, to him on. for six months, at least. That's a while. He's good at the game, but again, a little bit cocky. He's good at the game, but he doesn't actually need the win. And to him, the situation is more frustrating than anything. The higher he gets on the ladder, the more recognizable the names become. When he started... This FIFA Ultimate streaming stuff, he said he started out playing no pro players at all. And then he noticed that he was playing some recognizable names, maybe one or two a weekend and thought, hey, I must be getting good. Then that number jumped from one to two to five, then to 10 in a weekend where you have to play 30 matches and 10 of them are pros conspiring against you. I imagine even if you're good at the game. That's a little frustrating. Yeah. I mean and it sounds like he's putting the time in. It's, yes. Yeah. Not only is this obviously frustrating, he is pissed. He says he probably will stop playing FIFA Ultimate Team mode mostly because it's not really fun anymore. Which sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, gets uh, heirloom, yeah. But also he says he's making this video because this is in violation of EA's terms of service, which at one point in the video he pulls up. I'm and curious how much to, EA knows. Points like to an- a rule against quote Colluding with other players in playing games, selectively matching up against the same opponents repeatedly.
1: Uh. (laughs) Yup. No disagreement there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And he was not alone. You see? There are other FIFA streamers, and there is one specifically by the name of Mike LaBelle.
1: I was gonna ask if he was in touch with other people. Yeah. Who
2: Bartle specifically names in the initial video I mentioned. Now, Mike Labell's fans and followers were hounding him for his comment on the situation. So, on October 24th, four days after Bartle's video, Mike Labell makes his own video. He reaffirms that he is not in this Discord, and he has been stream sniped. He claims, not for six months, but for around three to four years. <laughs>
0: it's a long
1: time. Like He's a high threshold for...
2: He also reaffirms what I said earlier and goes more into the detail of how the stats actually work, but says this weekend league is based only on win-loss. Only and not on MMR. The example he gives, he says, if somehow the stream sniping works so well that I play 30 pros and only pro players from this top 100, from this Discord, and I go 26 and 4... And somebody else just starting out in the game gets very lucky and gets mashed up against people much worse than them or around their own skill level, and they go twenty-seven and three. They get more prizes than me. Hmm. Yeah, which is yeah. stupid. In practice, it doesn't seem to be a way to get around it, but that's still kind of
0: tough. I mean, that's, especially if you know you're playing that sort of skill threshold. And you yeah, know that, I mean that's essentially
2: what these pros figured out, right? They're like, why would we play each other when we could just play stupid people exactly. and all get the prizes? Yeah, exactly. On November first, twenty nineteen. EA responds, releasing a statement saying, "Quote: The integrity of our tournaments is of the utmost importance to us, and we monitor our competitions on and off the pitch to ensure fair play. We identified a player violated the EA Sports FIFA 20 Global Series Code of Conduct because they <laughs> used an out-of-game Discord channel to dissuade players from competing against them. This competitor will receive an EA Sports FIFA 20 Global Series two qualifier suspension. Now, in this." They banned one player by the name of Kurt0411. <laughs> How did he um, get stuck with the... Uh... <laughs> but that was for unrelated reasons. He was harassing EA employees on Twitter. Um, oh,
1: oh, okay. I, I, yes, <laughs> I, you know that I guy? read that. Yeah,
2: yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but they suspended only one of the players that I mentioned above, NYC Chris, for, quote, encouraging experienced players to avoid matchmaking at the same time as the player to gain a competitive advantage. He was suspended from this specific mode for two weeks. <laughs> Wait, two weeks? Oh, two man. Weeks. Basically, two weekend leagues.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he could just, like, he could have just had something to do twice. <laughs> and then <laughs>
2: that's it. And that it's the same amount of punishment. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Guess I'll go outside, huh? Now.
2: <laughs> EA did not mention the more than 20 players that Bartles named as part of the Discord and even showed screenshots of being a part of the Discord. Absolutely. But they did say this. Harassment as part of a coordinated effort to match with streamers during the weekend league unrelated to a competitive advantage was also investigated. Final warnings for those confirmed to have taken part in these activities was issued and cover future instances of similar behavior. So, basically, mm. if they find somebody still stream sniping, then they'll get banned, but they're not going to ban anybody for it yet.
1: That's a way lazier solution. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. It is, a lazy solution is the perfect word for it, because this obviously they already wanted to build a tournament system that they wouldn't have to pay attention to, yeah. and it seems like that's what they had in the first
2: place set up,
0: or else it um, might have been easy to avoid this.
2: Yeah. <laughs> now, many of the players involved that were called out by Bartles apologized, but... Bartles even said in his video before they apologized, I know they're going to apologize. They don't mean it. They're just mad they got caught.
1: (laughs) You could say that about uh, a lot. Literally
0: anybody. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And obviously, he called out all these people. He was very mad about it. But there were articles written about him. And he's since gotten a huge boost for his own YouTube channel. A lot of game controversies kind of play out that way. Sure. Yeah. And with EA doing essentially nothing, this becomes sort of like a steroids in baseball situation where it's like, the Discord still exists, and I guess you gotta be a part of it if you wanna be in the top 100. Uh, I miss the steroids era.
0: Everybody was hitting crazy home runs. Yeah, can
2: we have, like, some sort of freak
1: league in baseball that's just people that are on steroids? Yeah. That'd be be pretty entertaining.
0: I think as a comedian, he was a bit about that. Wait, really? Let's see how far somebody can really hit a big ball.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Maybe it was Bill Burr or something. It was okay. I was like, maybe that was subconsciously in my head, but like, I
2: I thought that I just came up with it. All right, guess so. So now, that was clever. that's the end of our story? Uh, As far as I know, the only thing that's really come of this, all these people are still making content. Nobody got banned. They're all still participating. Of course. (laughs) The one guy that did get banned later tried to make a new account and then EA banned him again and that caused a whole another controversy. But I'm going to end this with a personal tangent. To to me, this isn't really a story about FIFA. I wasn't interested in it because I give a shit about FIFA as evidenced by my lack of soccer knowledge at the beginning. (laughs) This is a story about the lengths people will go to to win at fucking video games. (laughs) Uh, You obviously Uh, have your cheaters, your hackers, your aimbotters, stuff like that. Mm. But it goes way beyond that. This is another interesting story that I originally considered but it made me too angry to type out. When Fortnite... Added skill based matchmaking into the game. Stats showed that pros and streamers came out with way less kills and way less wins overall, thanks to skill based matchmaking. And new players came out on top with way more kills and way more wins. This is simply because pros were being matched against other pros. And when you use matchmaking, you <laughs> can't beat people who are actually yeah, good. <laughs> when you use matchmaking the way that's intended to be used, you make the game competitive. And when ninja and shroud and all these fucking people tfu or whatever they <laughs> bugaboo or whatever their names are I don't remember I don't even know what you're um, saying right now when they all get mashed up against each other only one of them can win <laughs> yeah, you know that's the I mean that's that's how those games be work ninja or I'm going to say the n word <laughs> yeah. but the problem with this is getting one kill and getting 50th place in Fortnite doesn't fit ninja's brand and doesn't fit all these other people's brands yeah. and it doesn't make for good content so streamers got upset, and Epic went with this following method. Oh God! They left skill-based matchmaking in solo and duo modes, but took it out of squads. So now every streamer <laughs> okay. teamed up with each other. And,
1: I was going to say, squads, the most accessible mode yes. to casual people that want to bring in their friends to play with them? So
2: streamers switched <coughs> to that mode, teamed up with each other, and pub stomped their way to millions of dollars or oh, whatever. Fuck them. But now that means that most people who probably just want to hop on Fortnite with their friends have to choose to either A, play duos and exclude some friends that may want to play with them, or B, have an awful time maybe getting stomped by streamers. Yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of people that like playing games competitively. But here's where my rant gets maybe a little bit holier than now but bear with me. I mean, I'm, me. I'm completely with you so uh, far. <laughs> Competitive video games are, at their very core, a competition shrouded in anonymity. When two people play basketball with each other or play football with each other, you gotta look the guy in the eye to call him an asshole and say you fucked his mom. <laughs> but you don't have to look him in the eye to say that stuff on in, in a video game. And this no. does tend to bring out the absolute worst in people. Gaming community yeah. toxicity is already a problem. And it goes all the way to the highest levels of play. We've seen Overwatch pros get banned for calling people words that I will not repeat on this podcast. Add on top of that the pressure for people like streamers, like Ninja, to do well or risk losing money that they make and rely on. This problem just snowballs out of control. Yeah. Now, we have some friends who like to stream. I don't want to decry any streamers or content creators necessarily. I think that people absolutely should be able to follow people they like, watch them play games, or make their content surrounding it. It's entirely personality-based, you're right. You want to hang out with them. But the ease of becoming a streamer, coupled with the demand that they themselves and their audiences put on them to be the best. I mean, obviously the best streamers are all the best at their games. Right. So, this pressure put on them by themselves and their communities to be the absolute best in the game and have all their content focused on how good they are at said game is not healthy. It's not healthy for the streamers. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. healthy for the people watching. It's not healthy for the people that they're getting matched up against. I don't, I, I personally, I should say, this is all a rant from me. And I'm sure some people out there agree with me. But, you can
0: throw me in there.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is this is not healthy for gaming as a whole. I don't think. No, it's a, it's a lot of content creators yeah. have that pressure. <laughs> that yeah. combined with a lot of other much worse issues that the gaming community has is how you get your so-called "quote unquote" heated gamer moments, Yo. where people just yell fucking again words I will not repeat on this <sighs> podcast. And couple that with people like Ninja going on Twitter and telling kids that watch him that if they're not getting angry when they're lose, then they're not losing right. Oh, God. And you have an absolute recipe for disaster. Okay. Maybe this is just my old age speaking, but as I get off my That's soap- That's old
1: age. I don't want to be young. Yeah.
2: As I get off my soapbox, let me just say the following. Things like rank play and the monetization of video game skill is leading us down a very dangerous path. That could very well drive new players away from the hobby, or worse, send new players in with the absolute wrong attitude. Well said, yeah. man. Yeah. And that ends my rant and my part of this. Podcast. <laughs> He's
1: walking away. I don't. I didn't even. We didn't even <laughs> do yeah, the well. plugs. don't
0: <laughs> 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 Well said. I'm back. Yeah, you think you know all that pressure back? is
2: why PewDiePie became a Nazi? Absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, he did yell the n-word when he got shot in PUBG. <sighs>
0: he did gamer moment. Well,
2: he's playing by ninja rules. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, well, thank you for listening. No, just yeah. To- <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, no. I, originally, that's, that's a that's a uh, fascinating story. For, yeah. Forgive my rant. Originally, I read this story, and I started typing out my script, and I was like, this is a real interesting story of like people abusing their positions of power. And no, then of that, course, that tangent position, is very
1: applicable. In to, the position yeah. we're
2: in in society, I started getting angry about people abusing positions of power, and then I started getting angry about not being able to play video games with my friends anymore because they're too competitive, <laughs> and then I wrote that long rant. So. Yeah. <laughs> Choose your dark path. Which,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 Woo. But yeah. All right thus ends going out on the happiest story of the three. <laughs>
1: we gotta stop putting you last. I don't know why we keep yeah, doing yeah, that. <laughs> shift it around a <laughs> bit. Said a t-
2: You said it's tradition, dude. I did. Yeah. Don't worry. I already know and I already started typing my story for Microtransactions 4 when is that it? comes around. It is not the happiest <laughs> but it is fucking hilarious. <laughs> It is not going – it is not going to make any – it might make some people angry, but in a funny way.
1: Will it make me laugh?
2: Yes, absolutely. Then
1: I'm looking forward to it. (laughs)
0: All
2: right. Yeah, We did it. Let's do some plugs and get the hell out of here. Make like a tree and get the fuck out of here. Was that the quote from uh, Back to the
1: Future? Uh, no, he says make like a tree and leave. Or No, no, that's the real one, right? Yeah. He fucks up the screen door in a battleship or submarine yeah. metaphor make as like well. Make like
0: a tree and split.
1: Yeah. We recently rewatched Back to the Future on our Discord movie nights. Or, Did or you guys watch
0: Illy versus Predator the other night?
1: No, we watched the original Predator.
0: I could have swore I saw Olsen's uh, like live thumbnail. looked like it was <laughs> oh like I a, was, a, that a was that was
2: that was me streaming Transformers the last night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The fifth that, Transformers watched, watched
1: movie. We didn't
0: watch that one.
1: Yeah, you know, we somehow have a friend of ours who has not seen any of the Back to the Future movies, so we rightfully fixed that. Yes, because
0: oh yeah, of course. Fucking great. Um, they are.
2: <laughs> Although they.
1: There's some problematic There's some stuff problematic in there. That just in that. Aged it's not
2: totally It's definitely well. a downward climb. Yeah, <laughs> but um, what? Yeah. Also, I highly recommend anybody ride. check out Transformers: The Last Night. Stop it, <laughs> dude! Fuck, even fuck be, off. You're all, you don't know. recommend <laughs> The Last Night. I have, this has this rant to end on much funnier terms than my story. This rant has to be recorded for posterity. Michael <laughs> Bay, okay. the fuck is wrong with you? Okay, <laughs> movie quality aside. <laughs> that movie... So Michael Bay recorded the whole thing in IMAX 3D. Oh, okay. Um, I know what you're going to get on yes. now. Yeah. And if you've ever seen a Blu-ray of an IMAX 3D movie like Transformers 2 did this and so did The Dark Knight basically movies have aspect ratios yes, right and so that's why when you're watching it on a TV you'll get those black bars at the bottom because Mm -hmm. a cinematic view is not 16 by 9 it is a lot smaller
1: correct Yes, (laughs) it makes things look
2: more cinematic so a lot of times movies when you watch them will have black bars at the top and bottom oh so when
1: 3D things they'll like break into the bars a little bit for depth or no that's not what I'm talking about when
2: you use an IMAX camera imax cameras are 16 by 9 because they want to use the most of that giant fucking screen they have <laughs> so when you're watching movies like the dark knight on blu-ray or something mm-hmm. the, the beginning scene where the joker does the bank heist the movie Course starts it. out with that movie with black bars on the top and bottom and then it opens expands out expands right. to the full screen and then when it's over it goes back like this okay. and it's a pretty cool effect yeah and transformers 2 does something similar Michael Bay must have used, like, eight different cameras for this movie. We should specify that this is the fifth Transformers film. This is film. the fifth Transformers movie. Yeah. It's about Merlin versus the Nazis. <laughs> so, so Mark Wahlberg will be talking to Dora the Explorer, you know, and, and it'll be cutting back and forth, like, over-the-shoulder shots for, like, dialogue, right? Yeah. And it'll just be like, one shot will have no black bars at all. And then the next shot will have a very small aspect ratio. (laughs) And then the next shot will have no black bars at all. And then the next (laughs) shot will be somewhere in the middle. What the fuck? Like edited in the same scene? Yes. But not like I said with The Dark Knight where it goes and like expands smoothly. It just cuts. And there's just black bars going like this. Oh my God. Up and down the whole time. And it... I, that's the reason The reason I was streaming my screen on Discord to was show because people- I had to show <laughs> somebody else this because I felt like I was going insane. Now I'm a little
1: upset that I missed it. But, uh, it is fucking <laughs> stupid. What does that look like <sighs> on cable?
0: Like, it looks the same the because same? it's on a TV. I, I would like I remember, to point out something Christ. funny that people, <laughs> what have You know, obviously, for the whole 90s, television was square. You know, we see that nowadays when we try to watch, like, old Futuramas or something, you know. Or play old (laughs) video games, for sure. But, like, what happened? Like, why were they, like... Because movie screen theaters existed way before TV, so why are you like, all right, let's make them square. Like, why wasn't the first TV just a <laughs> rectangle?
2: <laughs> uh, I think it had something to do with technology. Probably. Because probably. originally TVs were developed to watch television and you couldn't watch movies yeah, at home. Yeah, that, that is true. There was, was a huge fair. divide okay, between those two industries. And then when industry, people started yeah. watching movies at home and they were like, wait a minute, we can make that TVs rectangles so that the movies I mean, make more there sense. Was, I mean, there, there was like, a time... We can only...
1: Where they thought that the home viewing experience of a movie would destroy theaters,
2: absolutely, yeah, yeah. because you did yeah, you did have yeah. to crop it, and ex- especially when you had formats like the <laughs>
1: <laughs> But especially when you had formats like VHS yeah. and stuff uh, coming out. But anyway, no, that's funny.
2: That's good. <laughs> yeah, King Arthur's court led by Mark Wahlberg versus the Nazis led by Megatron. You
1: don't need to tell me. I think uh, I could get everything Han- you're saying by watching it on mute. If Hannibal I really wanted Lechter to,
2: is there? How did they get him?
0: What are you talking about? <laughs> uh,
2: Anthony Hopkins. I feel like I'm in a fucking fever dream. You feel like you're playing Limbo with the Lost right <laughs> Anthony Hopkins is in the movie. And at one point, all right, check us out on hotbutton.com. At <laughs> one point, slash the last all of night. our links. Uh, <laughs> at one point, Megatron. <laughs> We're on Spotify. They make, they make a deal with Megatron. Leave a review. I think something he, happened with uh, Austin's brain. Because like, Instagram. Facebook <laughs> like to
0: Hot Button They're like Cast. Megatron. We need your help. Um, and he's
2: like, Okay, else, but I need uh, my team. The and then they do the like a, they do like a, like a Suicide Squad style does, montage for micro-episodes, including our other two microtransactions, please. See, this is how I get you guys to do the plugs. I just start talking about Transformers. God damn it, this was his plan all along. All right, let's do actual plugs and get the fuck out of here, because right. now I'm mad about two things. I can't
1: wait for Jason to mix this. <laughs>
2: no, no, we're real sorry, dude. This is cacophony.
0: Um, I don't know, that's pretty good. We should just go out on that. <laughs> I think it would
2: be alright if we missed some plugs for uh,
0: perfect plugs for a week. Yeah, okay, fade I'll out just, would make I'll that just say funnier. this.
2: Thanks to you guys for all of us, including myself. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. For hosting these episodes. Thanks to uh, you guys, the listeners, for listening. You're welcome. And uh, thanks to future producer Jason for editing this and mixing yes. it and helping out in, <laughs> an immense amount for all of your hot button needs check out hotbuttoncast.com all our episodes are on there and there's links to all our socials and all that shit and yeah that's it cool thanks for listening yes (laughs) good night